Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe. Smash that subscribe button if you would, please. Uh, and if you like us, hey, just tell one person about the show. I, I agree with that last part. I think we need. To, I think we need to 86 the smash the subscribe button part. I think we need to rework that. I think. What do you? You think it's time for a new tagline? I, I the, think the, the next evolution of smashing the subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, Alan Bell is our guest today on the show. Yes, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. We do appreciate that. Uh, Alan Bell from CBS Sportsline knows all there is to know about gambling in the state of Tennessee, and we are going to cover a whole lot of ground, not only just from a content standpoint, but like legal cases that are ongoing. So we'll get to that uh, in just a second. Of course, recommendations coming up a little bit later on in the show. Special thanks to our title sponsor, Jaspers. Jaspers! A casual neighborhood eatery on West End with a fantastic parking lot. All manner of parking, and it's all very free. Uh, the food is not free, but very, very good. Uh, great drink specials. Great place to watch basketball this weekend. We were there last weekend, so go check out Jasper's on West End. Fantastic menu. As I mentioned, 4 to 6 p.m. happy hour. You get like $4 beer, draft beers, like... I was drinking some hazy IPAs for like four bucks. So uh, really good stuff over there at Jasper. So go check that out. Uh, all right. So before we get into our conversation with Alan Bell, th there is sort of some like ongoing developing news. As we were recording this on Thursday, we taped our interview with Alan on Wednesday. And this week, Steve, there's been a lot going on with the action 247, 247 fraud case. Their license has been suspended temporarily. Uh, I, I was even following your Twitter feed during some of the hearings, and I still didn't fully understand all the things that were going on. So if you could sort of explain the situation to everybody out there before we hear from Alan, that would be greatly appreciated. So uh, Tennessee Action 24-7, uh, the only Tennessee-owned sports books, had its license suspended last week, right before the start of the NCAA tournament by the by the Tennessee Lottery Board, who sports wagering is governed by the Tennessee Lottery Board and the money, the, the, the taxes that are paid on those wagers go to the Lottery Board, which funds education in Tennessee. Now, what Tennessee Action did was file a file suit in Chancery Court in Nashville on Monday, asking for an emergency hearing and a temporary injunction from the chancellor in order to in order to get back to gaming they had said this uh this was this came up in the lottery board meeting last week and it came up again in the hearing yesterday that taking a sports book one that is small and trying to gain a foothold in tennessee out of the ncaa tournament uh, at this time amounts to a death sentence and the NCAA tournament is one of the two biggest sporting uh, sports betting events of the year. They were hoping to take a lot of wagers here during the tournament. They missed the first weekend. There was a hearing uh, yesterday on Wednesday in which their lawyers claimed that they were denied due process uh, before the board, that they didn't have a chance to make their case. They argued with some of the facts that were presented to the board. Uh, lawyers for the attorney general's office who represents the, the lottery board said that that no, in fact, that they had followed the rules that had been put in place by the state when the when when sports wagering was put in. We're still waiting on a decision from Chancellor uh, Pat Moskal. What'll be interesting is if they're not given a temporary injunction, 
and given their their license back immediately, that, can, they, that could, can, can they recover? I don't know. I, they may not be able to recover. They were they were they were a small portion of betting in Tennessee, and they may be a, a zero portion, and mm. especially with other big hitters coming in. William Hill came in here last week, you know, just before the the start of the the tournament or a couple of weeks ago, and between them and MGM and DraftKings and FanDuel, you have the biggest national sports books already in here pouring lots of marketing in. And, and Alan gives us a great breakdown as to why, you know, why that's problematic. Basically you're paying all this marketing money to get somebody in the door for the very first time and to bet with you and to have a good experience. And once they're gone, you know, you have to pay more money, more marketing in order to bring in more customers. Yes. Those, those, Customer acquisition cost, as they say. Uh, just just think about your cable company, right? Think about your cable company and how much DirecTV or AT&T or Xfinity is willing to pay to acquire you versus what they're willing to do to you after they've acquired you. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what, what, what we're talking about here. Because once you, once you have an account and you've deposited money, you gamble on that account. That's just sort of the, the way it goes. So, And Alan will do a fantastic job explaining all of this. And, 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 what, all, and what this all gets down to is who has the the right set of controls in place in order to be able to to do gambling to to and to to not have uh, credit card fraud or debit card fraud in this case and potentially having betters from out of state in on other people's debit cards here in Tennessee yep. you know those those sorts of controls that's that's the heart of the whole issue uh, and that is not going to get sorted out here this week uh, even though the judge may rule you know, this is this is going to go on here for Tennessee action is going to be jousting with the board here for like the next 30 to 60 days. So a couple of things here before we hear from Alan quickly, if you would like to go do some digging on your own and read up on advanced financial and action 20, 24 seven, I, I recommend that dig up the information that you want to find out and kind of make your own judgment calls about about the conflict of interest or potential conflict of interest, make sure you read up about that. And number two, normally we would promote and support a local small shop over the big bad boy, but the big bad boy is the one that has all the cybersecurity, has all the experience, has all the data, and has all this stuff that gambling is pretty serious when it comes to your your bank account, right? This is not, this is not um, you know eating food here. This is about uh, access to your your mortgage statements <laughs> and stuff. So um, <laughs> exactly right. this is very, very different. So again, um, just a couple of things to consider. Alan's going to cover a whole lot of ground, who to trust, who he trusts, touters versus experts, uh, content, uh, all the stuff with the Action 24-7 fraud case, how much money is being spent in the city, a, a whole lot of really good stuff with Alan. So without further ado, and not any, any more conversation from us, this was our talk with CBS Sportsline's Alan Bell. Alan, good to have you on the show, man. Great to see you. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. How are you? Gentlemen, man, it's doing great. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you. So before we get into all things gambling, new gambling, old gambling, gambling, controversy, all that good stuff, <laughs> um, just kind of give everybody a feel for how you ended up where you are with this kind of expertise and, and data in this particular field. 
in a city way before gambling was ever allowed in the state. So just sort of give everybody sort of how you got to the point where you are in your career today. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, <laughs> had been partaking in sports gambling uh, well before it was legal. I'll just go ahead and say that like <laughs> millions of other, you know, human beings do. Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I just love it. Like it was another aspect of sports. I mean, we all love sports and it was just part of what it was. So, you know, in my career, you know, I started uh, doing a lot of crazy stuff. Honestly, like I, I, my, my intro into sports was working as a, uh, a a mascot's backup assistant with the Tennessee Titans years ago. OK, and that was just to get in. I was working at, uh, at Dell as well in sales. I hated it. Dell's a fine company. I hated it, but wait, wait. Uh, so you're, you're B list T rack. Is that what you are? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was, uh, yeah. I, I was essentially, uh, anybody who needed or anytime T rack needed like, uh, an ice chest or anything like during a game. Uh, yeah. I was the guy that would do that. Anytime that there was a skit, <laughs> I, I swear, man, like go back and look like, you know, T rack would run over boats. If they were playing the Vikings do all kinds of stuff. I was the idiot that was in that boat. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like that's how it all started because I just knew I just wanted to be in sports. So it was like, all right, whatever I can do, man, I'm going to do it. You know, and I mean, I was a full functioning adult at this point, too, not making any money whatsoever, but it was fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So anyways, went to 24 seven sports and, and long story short and, and, and you know, 24 seven sports is a part of uh, CBS, CBS sports, our entire family. But where I was going with that is this, is that, I mean, we all love sports and it was just kind of the next angle and not that I'm good at math <clears throat> or anything like that, but I do like numbers. I like data. Um, so yeah, I mean, just kind of took an interest to it. And, you know, once it became legal, man, it, it just became my favorite thing in the world. You know, let's talk about the state of gambling here in Tennessee. Gambling came in last fall. How successful has it been? And, and what do we know? Let's talk a little bit about who the players are here now. Yeah. So um, to tell you how successful it's been, Tennessee was the first uh, state, you know, outside of Nevada, obviously, when these were opening, uh, they, they were the quickest state to hit a 200 million handle mark. So it, unbelievably successful. It took them three months to do it. Right. So and what I mean by handle mark is this is the amount total bet by, you know, individuals in the entire state. So to I'll see November, December, January in January, over two hundred million dollars was wagered by everyone in the state of Tennessee. So it was massive. That's and it helped that that came in in the <clears throat> middle of NFL season. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me say this and we could talk more about it. Timing is everything in this sport. And it, well, I say in the sport, in this industry, and uh, uh, we could we could break down why. But yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I, I wish that they would have done it leading into the football season instead of in November, you know, towards the end of it. However, coming in during football is much better than say right now, because you're going to see in the industry, once March madness ends, uh, sports, sports betting as a whole, numbers are going to shoot way, way down just because that's how summer sports are. Right. So you look across the state, you have, uh, you know, there, there's some new players in here now, but you know, the original four were, um, <clears throat> uh, FanDuel, Bet MGM, DraftKings, and Action Twenty Four Seven, and then now we have Twin Spires and William Hill, who have opened as well. So who's six who is Twin Spires? I think I think a lot of people have heard <clears throat> of William Hill. Who's Twin Spires? Yeah, Twin Spires is uh, it, it's a company more known for uh, horse racing, right? So you look at the state of Kentucky. Um, they, they, they've obviously partnered a lot with uh, not only the Kentucky Derby, but you know Keeneland. I mean, all you know, all of the horse racing conglomerate, so to say, uh, in Kentucky. So they're, they're more known for that. And the interesting part is that sports betting isn't legal. 
legal in the state of Kentucky, right? So you, you've got horse racing, you know, which, which is, you know, perfectly fine, you know, at the tracks, but it's not a, uh, a legal business there. So I say all that to say this, I wouldn't be surprised if our friends in like Bowling Green, some people around the, uh, around the border there might sneak in on the weekends Use that app, drive right back. I'm not, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying it probably happens. Because you're not allowed to have the brick and mortar. I was I was immediately thinking, yep. why don't I just set up shop and have a built a casino in Tennessee? And then I was like, oh, wait a second. You can't. You just have to be physically in the state of Tennessee. You can't actually go to a place. Uh, can you maybe explain why why the differentiation for people that don't know why why I can do it out of my pocket and spend all of my savings on my out of my pocket, but I, I can't do it at a bar with my buddy? Yeah. So, you know, every state is different. That's what makes this industry so compelling is literally every single state has different, you know, rules and regulations. So with the state of Tennessee, um, you know, if, if you looked at the governor, uh, Bill Lee, he wasn't for or against sports wagering. Uh, he, he was just kind of indifferent. Right. And he was going to say, look, I'm not going to vote either way. Everyone, you guys just, you know, you handle your votes. If, if you'd like to go forward, I'm not going to get in your way. Uh, but one thing that Bill Lee did say is that he did not want, uh, you know, physical casinos, et cetera, things like that. So that that is it, it, kind of where you're at. Right. It all depends on your, your your local government, your state government, your legislation, things like that. But I will say this. And this portion hasn't been taken advantage of yet, but it will. So. I say we as the state of Tennessee, you can't have, uh, you know, Brad, like you said, you can't have a, you know, a, a physical casino where you go in and place bets. However, <clears throat> with it being mobile, what you can do is if you partner with one of these companies, say you guys owned a restaurant, sports bar, right? Well, you can a restaurant like maybe Jasper's. Jasper's. Bingo. Absolutely. A phenomenal one at that. So let me say this. <laughs> If you guys own that now, you can't take physical bets. You couldn't have a cage, you know, where you two are standing there and I'm saying, let me get, you know, Tennessee under and handing you cash. What you could do is you could have mobile stations, right? So you could have mobile stations at the tables. You could have some sort of operating procedure to where you're not taking cash, but. There are bets being placed, right? So th there's a little bit of, uh, of room to work with that, but that option is viable and it just hasn't been taken advantage of yet. And the Kentucky thing to me is, is really interesting because parimutuel betting for horses has been, up, has yep. been there forever. And it seems a, a bit as though the parimutuel industry has kept other kind of forms of gambling out. I mean, they don't want, yep. they, they, they don't want, stuff taking away to people away from the tracks and, and away from, from their operations. You're 100% correct. And I, I, I'll, uh, I'll give another example uh, to, to go off of that. Um, if you're in a state where, you know, we, we all see that uh, the legalization of marijuana, right. We'll just use that a, as a topic. Well, states where uh, there might be heavy lobbyists for alcohol might not want the legalization of marijuana. Right. So it, it, you're exactly right. Like that, that is, uh, that, that is, the absolute issue. Um, but what states like Kentucky or Alabama, um, you know, the neighboring states might see is you already see the amount of money, uh, you know, Tennessee schools and all the money that comes back uh, to the state is already above $10 million. <clears throat> and if you have, you know, residents in Kentucky, residents in Alabama say that they're driving up, literally go to, you know, Tennessee, Alabama fireworks stand, right? And you could get the app to work and you're placing money. That's money going to a different state, right? And, and let, let's just be completely honest. Betting is happening everywhere. 
uh, the American Gaming Association just came out with numbers right before the tournament that there would be $8 billion wagered total, okay? $4 billion on sports betting alone just in the NCAA tournament, and then another $4 billion on brackets, office pools, et cetera, things like that. So it, no one is kidding themselves that this isn't happening. It's been happening. We've known about this. It's not even new. So once these states start to see the amount of money that is being you know, given, I say given, but, but being given to the state where essentially if you're the state of Tennessee, you don't have to do a lot of work to get this money. It's not like you had to hire, you know, completely, you know, new teams, the Tennessee, you know, uh, education lottery is the group that's handling it. So you might have a couple extra people, you know, that are working there, but it's not like you're having to put up physical stores. You're not having to really invest a ton into it. They're literally just bringing you money at this point. So, Long story short, yeah, we'll see where these other states come. Eventually, it's going to come around the same way like in college recruiting, where if you have one state, say Florida, that can pay players, all right, once you have one, every school in the SEC is going to have to do it. So, you know, it's kind of a domino effect. It might take a while, but it's going to happen. Man, so a massive revenue stream with something that's already going to happen in the state. Legalization of marijuana does sound very similar to gambling in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So look, you said there are now six sports books in the state of Tennessee. Is that true? Or are we down to five? Well, that's a great question, right? So we're down to five and one with a temporary suspended license. Okay. And the group that we're talking about is action 24 seven. And let me go ahead and say this. It wasn't, we, we've seen terms like fraud, et cetera, things like that. And there absolutely was fraud going on, but it wasn't them specifically that was doing it. Right. So what happened was, is they had customers that were signing up um, and then one way or another, either using stolen uh, credit cards, debit cards, et cetera, signing up other users and using those cards to create different accounts, et cetera, things like that. And uh, obviously the, the, you know, Tennessee education lottery, the gaming control, whoever you want to call it, caught onto it really quickly because that isn't a new business at all. It's like robbing a bank, right? Like, I mean, you know, the feds are going to see that stuff and they got caught and where they, uh, you know, really got into trouble was this is that they didn't have the security measures in place that they had originally said that they did that every book in any state has to have. So that you can, you know, keep an eye on this, monitor this, get ahead of it. Because, look, things are going to happen. People are going to try things. Now, do you have the security measures and control to see it, stop it, and alert? And that's where they fell short. And the tough part for them is twofold. One, they uh, are the first – they're the first book to get their license suspended across the country, right? This is the first time this has happened. And second – For it to happen, you were talking earlier about timing. For it to happen on the first day of the NCAA tournament, in that meeting, it was uh, the term thrown around was a death sentence. And it really is because every one of their customers that they had worked their tails off to sign marketing expenditures, things like that, they're still going to bet. But now they had to go somewhere else. So the fact that now you have to re-recruit these people, you're going to have to give them offers just to get a chance to get them to come back. Buddy, it's difficult, man. They're in a tough spot. But but isn't that the question about security? Like, isn't that wasn't that sort of always a question about a, a company like that coming out of thin air as opposed to an established national brand with cyber, you know, massive cybersecurity departments? I mean, isn't that sort of part of the issue? 
Yeah, it is. And, and you know, and, and that's in any industry, whether, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's versus Braden's burger joint, right? Like, do you have, yeah. Like, do you have the money that McDonald's does, you know, to stop every type of threat, quote unquote, you know, that could happen to a company. We get 73s on our health score. Alan, okay. <laughs> exactly. We get 73s. <clears throat> yeah. No. And, and that's a perfect example, right? It is, you know, do you have the infrastructure and the financial backing in place? And do you know what you're doing? Like, that's another thing. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying, you know, that the, the action 24 seven team doesn't, but what I'm saying is there's a reason why groups like FanDuel DraftKings is, is having a, you know, a billion dollar valuation. Now their, their CEO literally just became a billionaire a week and a half ago. Okay. So they've got money that these local groups do not. However, I'll also say this, the question also b was brought up in the meeting. Did they care enough? Right. Like, you know, did, did you, you know, did you really try or did you just tell us that you had these things? And I'll, I'll say this, there's a lot of appeals and things that are going on in any industry. The fact that as we're recording right now, that their license is still suspended. It shows you these groups don't play around at all. I know we all saw recently what just happened in the NHL, uh, you know, with a referee. And I'm not saying that, that those are belonging together at all. What I'm saying is when groups see very egregious and serious manners, uh, they, 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 don't, they don't play around. So I have called up on my screen here. There's a, there's a hearing today. We're recording this on a Wednesday. There's a hearing in chancery court where they are trying to get the court to injunct the, uh, the lottery board from being able to issue this temporary suspension one of the really interesting things in reading the briefs on this was that they they came and warned them, went through training with Action 24-7, set out a plan, and then it wasn't followed. Yep. Yeah. And and then, and that's the issue. And, and and that's why the board is looking at it saying, okay, you know, it, it'd be one thing, <clears throat> it'd be one thing if you brought this up to us, you know, right when you saw it and said, look. We this is larger than we thought. We could use a little help, but we're being completely transparent. Most boards and, and groups will work with you and say, "Hey, we appreciate your your transparency. Thank you. Like, let, let's show you some things. Let's show you what FanDuel does. These larger companies." But the fact that that happened and then the egregious manner still happened. That's why their their license is still suspended today. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they get some sort of appeal injunction something maybe just to get themselves back up but this this issue isn't over at all if i'm a betting man and yeah <laughs> the apps on my phone say that i am uh, uh i would bet that the because the way they approach this injunction is they said basically you can't do this and the the response of the i'm reading the i have the attorney general's brief here up on my uh up on my screen is that basically no yeah. we can't <laughs> yeah yeah, and they can my, and did. Yeah, but my guess is my guess is that uh, is at the end of this hearing today, uh, Judge Moskal is not going to let them off the hook. Are we are we surprised that this happened? <laughs> I mean, I, of all the things that happened here, action twenty four seven, and we can say whatever you want to about like kind of the commingling of their ownership with various yeah. payday lenders and a, a payday lender or or whatever else you want to say about them. But the the guys that were spinning up out of whole cloth. That, that had never done this before, that didn't have controls and didn't have structure and didn't have people with experience in there are the, are the problem. Are we, are we surprised by this at all? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. And, and 
I think it's yes and no. All right. So I'll, I'll give you the, the no just because of exactly what you just said. You're going up against heavy hitters. Okay. People, sports books that are, that have been in this industry, that know this industry, that have opened in states, that have been open, you know, in Nevada, in Las Vegas, and have been fighting these fights for a long time, literally to get the industry moving out of just Nevada. Okay. So th these companies, one, have, 10x the amount of revenue that you do in operating cash and two they have 20x the amount of knowledge that you do right so it's not surprising from that kind of angle what it is surprising is that this isn't in this isn't a cheap industry to get into so you're paying seven hundred fifty thousand dollars roughly every year just to have a license to be able to operate in the state alone then you have to pay fees to these leagues to use logos, names. You have to uh, partner with, you know, th there are integrity fees. <laughs> Funny with that. There are also, you know, you you have costs with data companies, you know, companies like Sports Radar, et cetera, things like that, that you have to partner with as well. What I'm saying is that there is so much money required to not only start, but continue in this industry that it, it's not like, you know, uh, Jimmy J fraud could come along, you know, work his little scam and be gone. No, like you've got to put up serious money right up front and every year. So you would think, you know, why don't we do things the right way? Right. Like it, it, it's surprising from that manner, if that makes sense. And if, and if a guy named Jimmy J fraud showed up and tried to <laughs> yeah. do this, you would think that the lottery board might be tipped off by the name. You would think so right now. If he has check in, well, let me say this: check probably not going to work with him. Cash would work, right. <laughs> unless he was, yeah. you know, attempting to illegally debit it from his customers' accounts in another state. But that's neither here nor there. Hey, you, um, you bring up a good point, and, and not to interrupt you. Oh, uh, we were just talking about Action Twenty Four Seven. Look, this is going to be the issue with them right now. In, and I'm glad that you just said that. Is customers that have funds in accounts are they getting them out? Okay, now Action is not going to fight them. If somebody wants to pull that balance that they have, they might make it difficult because once that money's gone, you're probably not going to get back. You, I know this industry in terms of, uh, you know, how these books operate. It's all about, you know, first time deposits, what they call FTDs. They spend millions of dollars. That's why when, when all these companies came in in the state of Tennessee, it was, hey, we'll give you a risk free bet of. A thousand dollars. Like we'll give you all of this. They spend so much money to get someone to. William Hill currently has a two thousand and twenty-one dollar first-time risk-free bet that you can make. Absolutely, that's exactly it. I'm telling you, it's FTD first-time deposits. That's what they all fight for because they know once you deposit, you're going to operate right. Like you are going to bet, but it takes so much money to do that. So. If, if these customers take their funds out of their Action 24-7 accounts, you're going to have to repay all of that marketing money to try to, to re-recruit them. And now these are customers that probably have a bad taste in their mouth and are like, well, why wouldn't I just use FanDuel or William Hill or whoever? So, so I wanted to say that, but yes, please continue. Well, no, I just, I was being snarky. Um, so... <laughs> Lamestream is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers. Some are saying it's the next evolution of the sports bar, Steve. Some. All the kids, are, all the kids are saying it. All of them. Every last one. 
Great menu, great parking, great place to watch the game. You and I went and, and, and enjoyed a perfect happy hour, 4 to 6 p.m. every single day and during Preds games. It's like $6 snacks. You had some wings. I had some wings. We had some collie poppers. We had some sweet potato fries covered in pork. Draft beers for like 4 bucks. It was very enjoyable, minus the alma mater getting the, destroyed by the Beavers. The only way that this happy hour would have been better is if Tennessee hadn't completely shit the bed against a marginal Oregon State team. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, also, while we were at Jasper's enjoying happy hour watching college basketball, which you Division should Division one college basketball coaches just walking up out of nowhere. Like, like if you are a Division one college basketball coach, Jasper's is your hang. This is according to a Division one college basketball coach who was at Jasper's on Friday, I believe with some family members enjoying basketball as well. Despite the fact that he might want to, he would have preferred to have been coaching in the tournament. Sure, uh, sure. You know, like obviously that that part sucks, but he was in a good mood and they're just milling about there at Jasper's in the bar area. They're just, you know, walking around. And, and he and he was at Jasper's because it was an evolution beyond what the normal sports bar is. Remember, we talked about this epidemic sweeping the nation last last week on the show uh, about this 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 Americans having to settle for shitty bar food while watching a sporting event. And that that is. Jasper's is approaching this issue head on with I mean, an excellent menu. And that's why division one basketball coaches go to Jasper's as well. So you should go to Jasper's. You know, I had, to, we, we, we went in there at happy hour. The happy hour menu is great. We got the collar poppers and I hadn't had them before. And they're fantastic. Little fried pieces of cauliflower. But what makes it so great is these little things you can drag them through <laughs> smoked avocado dip is something that I didn't know I needed but now I really need it. As a matter of fact, as we're taping this a little bit before lunchtime, I really <laughs> need it at lunchtime. <laughs> no, they've got a lot of fancy dips. And I, I, my, my wife, my two daughters love all they love dips. So if it's like an ancho cherry barbecue sauce, if it's like a mango firecracker sauce, if it's like a coconut dipping sauce for wings, which I know coconut's very polarizing, but. When done well, it is exceptional, and they do I, it well. So I, I'm not I'm not the coconut person. I was unprepared for how much I would like this coconut yogurt sauce that came <laughs> with the wings. It was like kind of cool, a little bit sweet, played off of the uh, habanero in the wings. It was just there's so many flavors there that had this great balance, and it's yep. not it's not surprising. It's Deb Paquette, and she's a great chef. Yep, Megan Williams also the pastry chef. So if you want dessert, it is exceptional. I can, my body cannot handle dessert right now. So I decided against it. Uh, also, I wanted a third beer. So there was, there was that. <laughs> it's, it's what you would expect from a sports bar that has evolved. It, it's the next level of sports bariness. <laughs> uh, go to Jasper's, folks. I don't even know where I was going to go with that. I wish I was funny. <laughs> Should I just leave us all in? Go to Jasper's. <laughs> Jasper's! Go to Jasper's where you might meet a Division One head basketball coach. I, I do want to sort of talk content and maybe in, in, in sort of transition into content itself because you said you're sort of obsessed with data. You always were a, a sort of obsessed with data. I've kind of been that way, but not in the gambling world for most of my career. I've always loved having analytics to back up sort of what my eyes see. Um, it, was that always a part of how you like wrote about the Titans 
was gambling always in the back of your mind? Like how did the, the data and your coverage of a team and your work in sports media and then your work in, in gambling, how did that all kind of converge and, and why did it like, it feels like analytics and data are at, are at the center of all of that. Yeah, they are. So I'll say this. So when when, uh, when I first went over to 24-7 Sports, we didn't have an NFL team at all. Uh, the CEO over there at that time was a guy named Shannon Terry, uh, incredibly intelligent human being. Uh, and he was like, hey, let's start this NFL content, uh, you know, the kind of this entire you know platform because recruiting is doing well. College is doing well. It's the next next aspect. So when we worked to start building this team of writers and people that would cover specific teams, absolutely. Like we, you know, we, we would have to start from ground, you know, ground level of saying, all right, let, let, let's get you guys covering a specific team. And I want sports betting to be a part of it. Now we're talking six, seven years ago from recording right now. So it's not like sports betting was big in most States, but it was always there. Right. So it, you know, we used it as a way to say, all right, how can we differentiate ourselves just a little bit from other groups that might be covering the Titans, other groups that might be covering the Cowboys, whoever, because most people, most, you know, writers and reporters aren't going to talk about that because it really didn't matter. You know, you couldn't gamble in the state anyway. So we use that as, you know, just a little bit of a differentiation and say, all right, well, you know, the Titans are playing the Ravens this weekend, uh, you know, for the novice fan or novice better. The Titans are favored by three. So that kind of gives you an idea. People talk about power rankings. It's another kind of power ranking. Now, it's not the same, but you could use that. So in terms of content, absolutely. It was always a part of what we did. I enjoyed it. We would have all kinds of conversations in the office, you know, in terms, I mean, we'd, we'd have a big whiteboard uh, and we'd, we'd literally, you know, draw out every single NFL game, the spreads, the totals, et cetera, things like that, and discuss and try to find where our value was. So not only... Was it fun? It was kind of like almost like a little team building type thing because all the people that were in the office, we got to, you know, have fun and do that. But you kind of taught yourself, you know, as the weeks went on, as the seasons went on, <clears throat> where are our streaks? Like, where are our trends? And I'm not even talking about week to week. I'm just talking about year to year. How do teams operate at, you know, the first four weeks of the season, the first eight weeks of the season, the last four weeks of the season, how does it differentiate the playoffs? How does it work at the Super Bowl? Right. So you kind of found all these little nuggets that sometimes would align, sometimes would lie to you, but it was just another piece of data to find. And uh, yeah, just really stuck to it. What do you think gambling coverage is today? Who do you think is, is out there doing it really well? If somebody has just joined a sports book because they're a novice gambler and they want to, they're, they're looking for, you know, reliable information or interesting information, where, where should they be looking? Feel free to, to start with sports line. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll say this. There, there are two ways. There are two types of content uh, in terms of sports betting that users are going to consume. You're either going to consume Sports line, what we are is, you know, essentially a tout, right? We have our experts, we have our advanced models, et cetera. And we are, we are giving you picks on a subscription-based product and saying, look, here's our data. Here's what we've done for X amount of years. Follow us here. We'll make the picks for you, right? Like now you, you can use, you know, your information, but we're going to give you a ton of it and you could do that. The second type of content is generally just about the industry, right? So you see like ESPN Chalk, 
Okay. They don't really get into the tout portion too terribly much and they don't have to ESPN is obviously who they are. They're a massive, massive uh, company to where they're just going to kind of cover it. Now they'll give you lines and everything. Like they'll show you, you know, Hey, Oral Roberts is a 11 point dog, you know, to Arkansas, right? Like they'll give you that information, but they're not going to take that next step and put themselves on the line and start making picks for you. They'll let you do that, which is perfectly fine. If I were ESPN and I were Disney, I would do the exact same thing. So I hope that makes sense. Like there's two kinds of ways to go about it. The big thing that most people see on social media are bad beats Right, what we see like Scott Van Pelt, which is I think the most fun portion of it because everybody loses. It's it's his best, it's his best <laughs> yeah. segment. And he's crushed it for years. Absolutely, right? And everybody loses. So it's a perfect kind of community builder. And then two is you see people who bet big or win big, right? So like during the Super Bowl, we'll see people like, you know, Darren Ravel or anyone else that'll say, Hey, three million dollars just came in on the Bucks, right? Uh, $500,000 just came in in Nevada on Tom Brady to win MVP. So I hope that that made sense. Like there's two, there's kind of two paths that you take in content. Yeah. And and it feels like, it feels like you're either, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like you're either putting your money where your mouth is or you're not right. Cause if you guys aren't getting picks, correct. People will either a unsubscribe and, and also lose money and then stop following you. And that's my biggest issue with sort of the social media prognosticators out there. And again, I'll, I'll count myself in that group because I'm a five or $10 better, but sure. I'm, when I put my picks out there for college football, those are actually picks that I'm wagering on. I'm, I'm actually uh, there. If I say I'm picking, <laughs> you know, Alabama minus 22, it's because I've, I'm going to say I've got $10 on Alabama minus 22. So is it, do more people need to have skin in the game for people to be getting accuracy or can somebody just go out there and spew all their picks? Cause all we see on, on Twitter, you know, uh, I tell you, I'm going to stop right there because I've got a second question for you, but go ahead and yeah, answer that first one, and then I'm going to bitch about social media in a second. Well, okay, yeah, and you know what? Let me, let me go ahead, and I think I can finish that sentence. Uh, on social media, you see a lot of winners. You don't see a lot of losers, like, 100%. Th- th- this whole thing yep. about – this whole thing, <clears throat> look at this $25 parlay that paid me $287. i am like, I see a lot of those. And now yep. show me you all don't the see other the, – you- you don't see the 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 seven dead parlays that Bingo. are in their settled account. It's the settled page on the uh, on their app. Right. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations on that winner. Show me the rest of them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and and that's that's kind of where it is. And you know, with the industry like you were talking about, yeah, people can fly in and just start giving picks. I mean, not to call anybody out, but like you know, you look at like Vegas Dave. Okay, somebody who in the industry who has kind of <clears throat> built himself to be this like massive tout. And, you know, he comes in and, and, you know, he's charging $500 a pick. He's giving you bad picks, et cetera, like blah, 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 things like that. You see the winners, you see, you know, walking the strip in Vegas, you don't see the losers, right? So that's where if, you know, if, if it's a reputable company or an individual that works for a reputable company, like you're going to, those people tend to show you the losses as well and say, look, I went three and three on Friday night, the first night of the tournament. I went 0 and 3 on Saturday because even if you lost, that's good. People, people, even though regular users and some people who kind of fly in won't show you losses, people want to see that because everyone knows no one is winning big, right? Like in terms of a, a percentage, nobody's going 80%. You're talking about an industry where if you go 57%, you are great. I was going to say, if you hit 60%, it's a monster year. Yeah, if you hit 60%, you're not giving any of these picks out, 
Like you're, you're using it for yourself. Right. So, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of how it is. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 here's where we're at with it. Is, and it, I, yeah, go ahead. is there anybody out there aggregating all of that, uh, all of the kind of the, the, the tout universe that that's looking and saying, Hey, you know, such and such picked great against the spread in the NFL or, or is like trying to rank them. Yes, there are. So you're, you'll see them. They'll, they'll come in in uh, in uh, usually during football season. Uh, I'll, I'll say this: a really good company. If I could, uh, you know, give a plug and, and promote one company <clears throat> that people need to follow is Covers.com. Now they do kind of everything, but absolutely, like they will track this data and they will say, "Hey, here are the top twenty-five, you know, betters in, you know, uh, that are on social media, people that you see, people that you know." And they'll keep track. They'll keep track with companies. They'll say, hey, Sportsline finished here during football season. Action Network, uh, you know, finished here. Like, yes, absolutely. To answer your question, there are groups that do it. And I, I like that because what I was going to say was this. We're so new into this. I mean, we only have, what, 12 or 13 states outside of Nevada, whatever. We're in the wild west of it right now because there, there's really no regulation. Anybody can take this content whichever way that regular users consume it. So it, it, it kind of is the wild west in terms of how we see the, uh, uh, the experts, so to say, um, and, and it'll regulate itself, you know, as we go along, but right now, yeah, it, it's wild. That, that's what I was going to say. Like it's, it should be self fulfilling or perpetuating or whatever word I'm looking for here. Because again, if you, if I'm paying to use your service and I keep losing money, eventually I'm going to stop using your service. So like you have to try to hit that 57 or 58 or 60% mark. Yep. So uh, again, like there, there have in a weird way, you know, giving out picks at a, at a premium from a content standpoint, touting this, it, it handles itself. Yes. Right? Yeah, it does. I mean, if you go to, you know, any other, you know, any business and you're getting bad food, bad food, bad food, bad food, you're, well, you're not going to go back to that place. If you're getting horrible service over and over, you're not going to go back. Right. So, yes, it does. Those are for the professional companies um, where we're, you know, where we're kind of seeing right now is that you'll have <clears throat> people that are kind of in the middle. Right. And, and here's where here's why I'm big on uh, building a community uh, in regards to this. And, and it's not for me. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not negative for me, you know, to have, you know, a, a sports betting community around. But this is a really good industry that I enjoy. And I like that's why I share other people's, um, you know, content and, and big time betters, you know, of, of what not only what they're doing, like Todd Furman. I think Todd Furman is the absolute best in the business. I think he's credible. I think he gives information and he doesn't just give people what they want to hear. He tells them, hey, you're being stupid here. You're being smart here. Here's how, you know, sharp betters think. Here's how idiots think. Right. Like someone like him, if we could all kind of mold the industry, it doesn't have to be exactly him. But someone like him to where it's credible and people can know that who they're talking to is trustworthy. I'm all for that. There's a piece in the New York Times today that's interesting talking about gambling apps and the sheer amount of data that they are collecting on their on their on their batters. Like they use Skybet, um, which is not here in Tennessee. Yep. Uh, Skybet as as a, and as an example. I'm just going to read you this paragraph. Records yeah. show that Skybet had had a, uh, had 
what amounted to be a dossier of information about Greg, the guy in the subject of the story, company or one of the data providers it had hired to collect information about users had access to banking records, mortgage details, location coordinates, and an intimate portrait of his habits wagering on slots and soccer matches. Now, is there a problem, as you say, the Wild West, we're coming into this, get, that we are opening up intimate details of our lives to these gaming companies? Yeah, and and I'll say that, that's, that's for any industry, right? Like having personal data, um, you know, and let, let's be honest, it's for advertising purposes. It's for marketing purposes. That's a problem in any industry. It'll work itself out in the same one because people will see you know, it, it'll it'll eventually leak, you know, which companies are partnering with, you know, said companies like that and using that data or not. Um, isn't the it, isn't the weather app collecting all of our data, too? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. all of it. Now, I'll say this. <clears throat> you look across. I, I deal a lot with social media advertising, right? Using companies like Facebook. And, and we're I'm, literally I'm just talking about Facebook, Twitter, uh, this, the, the, the most, you know, entry level type advertising that there is. So. You're going to see a shift in the market here very, very soon with the release of iOS, uh, you know, on iPhones, because Apple is really working hard to protect that data on users. People think Facebook is a social, you know, networking company. And while it is, Facebook is not that. Facebook's a data company. It, it's Facebook and Google are the largest data companies in the world. And the reason that Facebook is profitable for the most part is because companies like me, try to find people who are in the market saying, all right, who bets during the NCAA tournament? Let me try to find either new customers or if it's not even that, if it's just people who might engage with a post, with a tweet, et cetera, things like that. So that is a whole, whole other world that definitely has a part of this, but it's larger than just sports betting. It, it's with everything. If you're not paying for the product, you <clears throat> are the product. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, which brings us to uh, your venture on engagement, engaging socially in video with A to Z Sports, of course. Um, what was the nexus of all of that? How did that begin? And where do you see that going in the future? Yeah. So, you know, first off, uh, you know, big shout out to the A to Z, uh, you know, entire team, um, Austin Sandley, Zach Bingham. Those guys are fantastic. And they wanted to start a, uh, you know, kind of a, an A to Z sports picks show. Right. And uh, they, they uh, approached me and approached a guy named Brian Edwards from VegasInsider.com uh, to do that. And it, it, it's it's been a ton of fun. I think we've we've been doing it for maybe a month now, maybe a little bit over that. We do two shows a week, Tuesday and Friday for about 30 minutes total. And really what we want to do is is essentially just talk picks, give picks, um, you know, assess kind of where we're at, how our picks did. And, you know, just kind of talk to the community about different things. So it, it, we'll, we'll go probably three, four segments in a show. We'll give a couple picks. We'll talk, you know, kind of betting parables, uh, things that we've learned either the hard way or just, you know, general information that, that new bettors, novice bettors, you know, might want to know how to approach things like parlays, uh, because that's where that's where people could get in trouble very quickly. Um, and that's, you know, we, we try to show and say, hey, Look, parlays are cool. They're fun, but there, th th there's, there's, there's a, a percentage way to go about this. So, I'm rambling on that part. Um, Zach and Austin were really great. Uh, they approached us both. Obviously, we we're very excited to do it. And uh, yeah, the show's going really well so far. And uh, you know, we're we're not 
Uh, certainly not, you know, not trying to take over, um, you know, in, in, you know, ESPN, Scott Van Pelt, anything like that. Like we just want to be, you know, kind of right now, local experts, you know, giving good picks on, on what's going on and uh, just kind of see where it takes us. And, and people can find that w- what times, where, when. Yeah. So uh, Tuesday and Friday, and we do the show live. We do uh, both of them live Tuesday and Friday, 2 p.m. Central. Uh, you can find it on all the A to Z sports platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Two quick questions here before we get out of here. Uh, one, who's your, uh, who do you love in the, uh, in the Sweet 16 here? And two, what was your first sports bet? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. So I mean, I have a, uh, I've got a futures bet on Gonzaga that I've had for a while. Um, so obviously I, I'm big on them. Uh, uh, but you know, if, if I were looking at, you know, teams that are in it right now, I like Michigan. Uh, I, I was kind of worried when they lost livers, you know, arguably their best player right before the tournament, but with the entire big 10 deciding to withdraw and, you know, Michigan being the only one left, like I, I, I kind of like their team. I like the way they well, operate. And- having LSU gack away at the end of that game. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of help. You know, exactly. First off, exactly. And then second, the crazy thing is, is that no one is talking about this Alabama basketball team whatsoever. Like every time that you think that they're going to have to like come back down to, you know, kind of the medium, they get better. Like it's crazy. So it's fun to watch them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I'll say my first sports bet, (laughs) which this sounds like the most degenerate thing on the planet. But you know what? My family's kind of degenerate and I love all of them. So (laughs) this is where we're at Uh, was with was with my grandfather. All right. 2001 SEC championship, Tennessee, LSU. Yeah. So we're yeah, I know. So. We're going to the game. Uh, You know, my family, they're a bunch of Tennessee fans. And I was younger back then, um, obviously. But, you know, my grandfather, he had bet on sports forever. Now, it's not like he he put it on me by any means. But as I, you know, you kind of get older, you hear it and you understand it. So, wait, grandpa had a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Grandpa had a guy. You're talking about a guy who was a a fire chief uh, in the city of Memphis back in the uh, late '50s, '60s. Like, yeah, he, he had, had a guys. Guy. Yeah, he's had multiple guys, <laughs> and, he, and he's tremendous, right? Like, love him to death. But yeah, it was like it was one of those things where it was like, hey, uh, Grandpa, can I put? Uh, let me get two dollars on Tennessee to win. You know, and it was like kind of that look of him, like. Hey, being proud, like, look at my grandson getting involved. And then my dad furiously pissed off, right? Like, what are you <laughs> doing to my son here? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of where it started. That's, that's because your dad knew that Nick Saban was on the other side. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, Pops was the only one not betting with his heart, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Pops, had, uh, Pops had money. Pops had money on LSU. <laughs> uh, Alan, man, great talking to you, bud. We really appreciate it. Lots of great insight out there. Check out the show on A to Z, of course. Uh, Sportsline, the Twitter account, all that great stuff. It's it's all over the place. So, uh, thank you, man. Keep up the good work, and we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us for a few minutes. Man, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me on, and continued success, man. You guys are crushing it. Thank you. That was Alan Bell and Steve. I, first of all, I love listening to him talk, the passion and the energy with which he talks, the information that he has, the data he has access to and is clearly obsessed with. He just knows his stuff, man. And I, I enjoy listening to him talk. I've interviewed him talking about the Titans a lot. I've never really interviewed him talking about gambling, and that was a lot of fun for me. So hopefully everybody else enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, I, I think as a, as a relatively inexperienced gambler, 
what I'm looking for is uh, what I'm looking for is kind of quality information to help me make my picks. And, and, and there's a, there's a whole world of it out there. And, and we, as we've talked about this on several shows now, you know, gambling content is becoming gambling content is sports content now. And the quality of that content is something that people should take in into account if you're going to if you're going to gamble just because somebody has picks for the week doesn't mean necessarily that they are good at <laughs> good at their picks and don't and don't tell me your picks show me your bets it's exactly right and and and, and more importantly own up to your losses uh and, and and i think that's that is that is what we would would be ser- best served by is knowing just what people's records are, just just what their what their track uh, what their track of gambling has been like, and and if you've got if you have picks, are you are you good sixty percent of the time? Are you good fifty percent of the time? Are you underwater on your picks? The intensity of them does not necessarily equate to the quality of them. Well, and and again, you asked them about aggregation there. I've actually been using you know Alan mentioned covers.com. I've been using covers.com for like ten years, and I'm not a gambler. <laughs> like it's, it's just a great resource for information, but I do think there needs to be, you know, basically like the stock market of some sort, there, there needs to be a, a collection and oversight of who's making these predictions. Like it just, otherwise there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. And he talked about the wild, wild West. Like you could just be out there charging 50 bucks a week for picks and like, you know, hitting on 35%, you know, you know, if somebody would, if somebody wanted to aggregate all of this, uh, that is something that I would definitely pay for. Oh yeah. I mean, the best the, the best sort of touts that Alan was talking about are are, are pay subscription sort, sorts of things. I would love to know that my money is good when I'm when I'm plunking something down for somebody's for somebody's service, as opposed to just just buying it and hoping that you know hoping that it that it ends up being good. Yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, and like I said, if I could pay. <laughs> you could just I, I would, sports I line pay, if you want. <laughs> I would pay for the big spreadsheet of everybody's right. Records. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Always love talking to Alan Bell. Uh, always good stuff with him. All right. Let's get to recommendations here, Steve. And this comes from somebody on the network, the 440 Sports Network. Of course, Vandy Sports and VandySports.com, one of the best Vanderbilt podcasts anywhere in the world, if not the best Vanderbilt podcast in the world, is, is of course a part of this network. And Chris Lee is the host, of course. And uh, obviously, we love having them as a part of the team. But he's recently partnered with a few other people and launched a new SEC uh, website and podcast that I thought we should promote and give a little love to. Southeastern 14, that's the number 14. Uh, you can go there. It's baseball, basketball, football. And their goal is to sort of cover SEC baseball and basketball because I know Chris and I go way back and he is a diehard baseball fan. Like I'm talking, you know, dynasty fantasy leagues with spreadsheets. They want to cover SEC baseball and SEC basketball the same way most people cover SEC football. So it is a comprehensive SEC website, Southeastern 14. They've got a podcast, uh, of course, as well as we're big believers in the podcast world. Uh, him and, and Blake Lovell, uh, who does an excellent job on both baseball and basketball. And so go check it out. Southeastern 14, uh, the number 14. They've got the website and the podcast. A lot of good writing, a lot of good talking. Uh, if you like SEC sports, go check it out. Of course, uh, if you also want to listen to you know, SEC football talk, make sure you check out Fringe Element this week with Chris Childers, myself, and Aaron Dugan as well on the 440 Sports Network. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Southeastern 14, the number 14.com. So my recommendation this week is, well, let me ask you this question. Do you have four hours to devote to something? And if you do, and you're a comic book fan, (laughs) 
then check out the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. Consecutively, or can it be broken up? It could sort of be broken up. There was some thought that they were going to make it episodic and break it into like four different one-hour things. One of the great sources of conflict for comic book movie fans here over the last few years is is the Justice League movie that came out a few years ago. Zack Snyder started it. Joss Whedon finished it. It was, we'll politely say, not (laughs) well-received. And there, there was always this thing out there that this belief that that Snyder it started in among fans that this call for Zack Snyder's unvarnished cut of what this movie should have been, which is you know Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know kind of it's the it's it's the big it, it's the it's their version of the DC's version of the Avengers movie. Sure. And HBO Max gave Snyder I don't know seventy million a hundred million dollars to finish this cut and then put it on HBO Max. And apparently it was a wild success. I saw a number earlier this week that like 1.8 million new subscriptions wow. were made to HBO Max uh, in order to watch this thing. Wow. Um, okay. It, All is, right. it is significantly better. Is it good? I don't know. I, I mean, I, at this point, I'm a comic book fan. I, I read all these books as a kid. I may not be the most, I may not be the most, <laughs> uh, not be the most objective sort of, arbiter of this but it was a lot better than the dog shit movie they put out here three years ago or four years whenever they whenever they put out justice league if you're into that sort of thing you should definitely watch it if only to see kind of the changes that were made how they kind of they kind of de-weedened everything it's much less quippy you know (laughs) i just i feel like sort of you either grew up sega or you grew up nintendo and i feel like i grew up marvel I was a Marvel uh, guy growing up, but so, but I always I always sort of I always sort of like these movies. I, I think Man of Steel is a, is a is a really good movie and a really good take on Superman. All these these movies that have Superman in them have the have the problem of Superman is essentially a god on Earth, and so like how do you kill a god and and isn't he always going to get you out of things? The Superman Batman fight discussion is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in the history of the universe. Right. Right. I mean, Batman, it, Batman is a human being with a cool belt and a fast car. Superman is a god, right? And, and 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 this is and this is the problem at the heart of a lot of these DC movies. And so it it was just really interesting to watch, kind of like how they solved all of the problems. Okay. I mean, adding an hour forty five of runtime, you know, helps you pick some of those problems up and and put them away. But well, I, I do. Um, speaking of HBO, there I know the Q documentary is out yet, and I've seen some good reviews and some you know some other reviews. So I have not started watching that yet, but I am going to watch that, of course, uh, out on HBO about QAnon. So I'm going to check that out as well. So all right, there's our recommendations for the show. We do appreciate Alan Bell for joining us, giving us a lot of really good insight. Uh, um, just a guy who's sort of uniquely positioned in the sports gambling world, sort of pri- way ahead of the uh, of the curve in the state of Tennessee for a long time. So special thanks to him for joining us uh, as well. Our wonderful sponsor, Jaspers. Jaspers! Great happy hour. Great place to watch the games this weekend. Go watch some college hoops. Great food. Very substantial parking lot. It is uh, huge. It huge is, free parking. It, it is unparalleled as far as restaurants go. In terms but of you parking. won't have, but not parallel parking. Yeah, right, but not... <laughs> Right, it's unparalleled. That's exactly what it is. Um, and and you might meet a Division One basketball coach. You just never know who's going to be in Jasper's. Man, it's always a spot. bonus. Yep, that's happening. Happening spot. Uh, go often, folks. Steve, where can people follow you? They can find me on Twitter at Scavendish. 
My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall as well. 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook at 440 Media on Instagram. Thank you guys all for listening. Special thanks to Jaspers. Thanks to Alan Bell. For Steve Cavendish, my name is Braden Gall. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network. <laughs>